goodness me that tune's a blast back to the past many 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 years since i wrote it welcome to labor radio the veterans panel or as we like to call it in this heat the very slow rest siesta for <laughs> probably about 30 minutes <laughs> it's a rest home for broken presenters <laughs> uh so um yeah, we've just, um, for those of you who are joining us online, um, we've just had, well, the afternoon has mostly been Frontier, in that they were scheduled to come in for an hour, and um, they were then organized into an hour and a half, uh, just in case they ran over, and then they ran to nearly two hours. So uh, it pushed back uh, uh, the, the convention photograph, and um, it's pushed this back a little bit, because we're all a little bit tired. But I, I am not going to complain about Frontier overrunning. Um, I think the, the fact that they're supporting us and have provided extra time, extra content, and everything else into what we're doing, um, I think that's fantastic. Um, for those that don't know, this is episode 399 of Lave Radio. Oh, uh, okay. Did, did you not get the memo from Ben? I, I, I don't check messages, you know me. Okay, so uh, yes, uh, this is why this is the Lay Radio Veterans uh, episode. It means that counting this as episode 399 um, allows the crew tomorrow, when they do Lay Radio Live, to do episode 400. So that is, that is why we have arranged things as we have arranged things. And for those of you that don't know who we are because you haven't heard our voices for quite some time, um, I will go through. So I am Station Commander Alan Stroud, and uh, joining me is... Oh, okay. So I thought you were going to say our names. Um, what, I can't remember what rank I was. I, um, entertainment officer. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Jarvis, uh, also known uh, occasionally as Commander Thane. And I've forgotten what I was. Oh, I, I, there you go. I've forgotten what I was. I was <laughs> you were operations, operations chief. Okay. You and I were the executive team. Oh, I, I didn't decide. I, honestly, I was promoted way above my uh, abilities. Uh, John Stabler is my name. Uh, and that's it. Okay, carry on. So the, the interesting thing is, obviously, is that we're now at the 10th LaveCon, um, which, given that... Um, you know, we, we were responsible for starting the madness that is this particular podcast. Um, it is something of a strange thing to look back and think that that was 10 years ago that we started <laughs> turning up in hotels to actually meet the people that we were doing Elite Dangerous podcast for. Have we, have we really done 10? Yeah. 2013. You're counting the online ones. Yeah, I'm counting the uh, online ones because I, I did a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like that, I thought for a minute when you were saying, like, you know, we've, we've done 10 lay cons, it's a bit like me saying I've been married since I was 20. I mean, not all the time since I was 20. 
<laughs> it's been on and off. Well, you know, we haven't been, you know, broadcasting a podcast all the time for 10 years either. No, I, I, I get your point. But yes, this is the 10th time we have done Excellent. a, uh, a, a con, And um, uh, it is quite quite strange to think that far back, you know, to think that, that 2013 was was that long ago that we, we turned up to some uh, hotel in Wiltshire and uh, other people decided to join us. Um, I have bad memories about that event. I have good memories about that event. Um, at that uh, point in time, we had a computer program that was only concept art, which got handed out to all of us. So we all got our, our, our graphic copy of something that was, you know, was, uh, was something they were working on. I know what your bad time was. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't so fine we've ever done it again. Yeah, but it we're not was doing fine. it again. We're not doing it again. <laughs> so uh, we we agreed to, I agreed, we agreed to do a, a medley of music in a live performance. And the one thing I hate doing is performing live. And Chris was fantastic because we were yeah. basically uh, performing together. Chris was fantastic on the guitar and I was awful no, on no, the no. keyboard. Chris's problem on the guitar was I was great in rehearsal because we were in house lights then it went dark, and I can't play the guitar in the dark because I like to look at my fingers. <laughs> and I, I, I was, I missed a note, and as soon as I miss a note, I'm gone. So mm. I, was, I, was, I was kind of mortally, mortally cringing whilst trying to catch up and, and, and then stop myself from, uh, from just uh, putting my head in my hands and, and giving up. But it was, you know, it's something you try, isn't it? You know, and, and I think part of what we've done over a long period of time has been about trying different things, having content. At the time, we only had the idea of a Kickstarter game, a couple of video clips, and, and a few pieces of concept art. So we had to run a, a podcast and keep people, people interested with that. It's, it's kind of funny, actually, because uh, looking back at it, you know, you, you, and the amount of content that, that we had with the Kickstarter, you'd think, how can you do an hour podcast based on, you know, whatever the gossip is that's coming out of the Kickstarter? We would be, have been lucky to have only done an hour because <laughs> I was editing back in those days and we could have easily just talked for three hours. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, we, did. We, we, had, we had a drawing that someone at Frontier had done of a deck cannon and a missile, and we spent an entire episode talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it just, I mean, it was just so strange. I mean, those opening episodes obviously weren't live, and so we were recording them and then, then doing a bit of an edit, which meant we could kind of make a few more mistakes, which was quite nice. Um, you know, we weren't, and I'm not going to describe... Uh, anybody trying to do a live episode as as polished because you know there are people who do it incredibly slickly. But um, uh, I wouldn't say that we were we were polished uh, later on when we went to to live. But certainly the few, first few episodes benefited from being recorded because it allowed us oh, yeah, definitely. some flexibility. Um, but they were just sitting there of an evening and just going on and on about this stuff and, and I haven't laughed so much <laughs> I don't know why we ended up just you know it would be one or the other of us would set the other one off in terms of what was it, it's not until you've actually edited something that you realise how much power you have so if, yeah. if for instance I always made myself sound really intelligent 
And, you know, if I said something's dumb, I'd always cut it out. Uh, if I stammered, I'd cut that out. Yep. And if Alan had annoyed me that week, I'd put in all the dumb stuff that he said. <laughs> <laughs> or, someone, or someone cracks a joke and you just mute out all the laughter. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, just, just dead air. Uh, you could insert dead air just to annoy people. And I, I mean, I did, I did some edits and, you know, and I, I some weeks, because you did most of them, and I did some weeks I did them, and then Chris did some, some as well. And when I did them... I hate my voice when I say um. I cannot stand, and I know I do it, in that I will, and, and now I'm conscious of it, um, in that, <laughs> there you go, in that I will continue to, you know, to make a point, and I'm, I'm basically thinking on my feet in terms of what I'm saying and working out what I'm saying, but these ums will just perpetuate it, and I learnt to recognise the um in the waveform, so I could just see the um on the track and just go... And get rid of all of my ums. So I sounded like this incredibly insightful when yeah, actually, very eloquent. you know, yeah. when it, actually all of the pauses have been taken away, and you know, yeah, I wasn't this machine gun of uh, <laughs> you know of, uh, of incredible criticism. Um, so yeah, yeah. So Alan, Alan did a great summary of that feature in two minutes. It took thirty minutes to record. <laughs> it was two minutes of absolute genius observation. Uh, <laughs> and he segued through your references to Tolkien several times. Um, no, but we added those on. after, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Done in the edit. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we, we had to sit there and kind of come up with stuff. And, I mean, that, that created um, an opportunity, really. I mean, obviously, it created an opportunity with Escape Velocity for three seasons, um, which, you know, we're going to say again, Hurry up with season four. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, and it, it allowed you know, other things to kind of come to the fore. I think the fact that at that time the project was very much born of the Kickstarter from the different licensed products that were around it as well, um, it gave opportunities for those licensed products to have their time, to have their kind of uh, moment in the sunshine. And I think that was particularly um, useful for, for all of those uh, all of those things um, the relationship between that and the game obviously is then you know is then worked out as the game starts to to find its feet and uh, and everything else and you know has a launch but it's certainly at each stage as we got more stuff we were able to kind of do more little things with it even the fact that you've got the law and you're sitting on the law and you're going, okay, well, we know all these different things of, of the law that's there. What can we do? Let's do spoof adverts, Chris. You know, I mean, immediately it brings the names back, doesn't it? You know, you start to, to bring the names to a new generation or then John, and I mentioned this earlier today, actually, John, you created that Frontier Trading game, which we were all obsessed oh, with. Yeah. The funny thing about that is I put it to, I knocked it together as a web script within a day and I stole the graphics and the color scheme from f the Frontier um, uh, game, you know, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just the, bulletin, uh, the bulletin board system and, and the, yeah. uh, the commodities market. And then I shouldn't have done it, but I did it. I posted a link to it on the forums. <laughs> Before I knew it, there was loads of people in there chatting and they were trading. And... Then people, within no time at all, they found um, 
ways to cheat the system, make an absolute fortune. And then some other people managed to lose a lot of money due to bugs. And then were emailing me saying, can you fix it? And I realized <laughs> I'd done software development, the whole process in a microcosm within an afternoon. So um, yeah, test your stuff before you release it. But, but it was just really, really amazing just to, in that moment, to have something that was very elite feeling. Yeah. You know, that everybody who was really enthusiastic about this computer game that's going to be coming out could kind of join together and play around with. Um, you know, and, and I mean, we did some stuff with, with a, um, do you remember we did some stuff with a, um, a space box as well, didn't we? Do you remember we were started putting something together? Didn't we put something together where we, you know, we made a, I, I can't remember what, how, what well, we Well, there was did. a 3D space shooter game that... Oh, that I got, well, it was, the idea was that I was going to knock together this small space shooter where was there it. was two teams uh, fighting around Lave Station. But by the time I actually got it working, they'd released the alpha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, there's no point having this anymore, is there? Because mm. everyone was actually able to play the game. Yeah. And I thought, well, okay. Yeah, because you were asking me for, you know, for, for, for graphics. You know? yeah. And we were, and this, this, was, this was kind of one of the standard things that started to happen was that we'd come up with an idea and it would kind of spark. So Foz would come in and go, I want to do a thing, has anybody got a thing? And so you'd end up kind of writing something, you'd want an intro piece of music, so I'd write an intro for him. And then he'd go and do his thing, and then someone would say, well, actually, I've made a, a this. Could you do a, you know, when you did um, Wire Wars, mm. you know, I sat there and wrote you a piece of music, and then Chris obviously did, uh, uh, did Escape Velocity, and I sat and thought, well, okay, I can write you some stuff. And then obviously writing that stuff then allowed me to then use that stuff for something else and kind of, you know, so it, 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 the kind of creative reciprocity was, was pretty intense. Mm. And, but it was fun. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, when I say intense, it wasn't, I didn't sit there and think, oh my gosh, I've got these deadlines and these people are, you know, are counting on me. <laughs> I thought, hey, I'm working with my mates, um, you know, making some, some stuff, uh, which was lovely. And, and in that moment of there not being anything was, you know, was kind of, it had a moment for it, for it if mm. you, you know what I mean? But yeah, we tried loads, I and mean, that's the thing as well. Because I always say to people, like, they ask how, you know, they ask how to get involved in podcasting, they ask me how to get involved in audio production, and I always say, like, it's such a accessible medium for entry. You can just try doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, a moment's silence for some of the ideas that we put forward that, that didn't continue. And I have to say, I feel like this is mostly me and John, <laughs> because we did... As an offshoot of Lay Radio, first of all, we did the, um, God, what was it called? Chaos. Chaos Champs. Yeah, yeah. So we tried to do Chaos Champs because at the time there was a sort of, you know, there was this associated project. Yeah, Chaos Reborn. Yeah, there was yeah. Chaos Reborn, which, you know, there was a certain amount of crossover of the user base. We were really keen on it. And we had this idea for a show where we would get people to, to compete. They would do like, a, a, like an exhibition match, Chaos Reborn, head-to-head. -head. John and I would do like you know, our best impression of, of, of idiot sports commentators. We would comment on the match. And, you know, and it was, it was, a, it was a fun show, but, you know, and, and uh, the reasons it didn't work, the same as the other show we did was, uh, I was Remote Outpost Games, which was, the pitch for that was, you know, Desert Island Discs is what, what 10 records would you take to a 
Desert Island, Remote Outpost Games was, well, what five video games would you take if mm. your ship crashed on a remote outpost or something like that? So that was always the concept. And again, I, th- you know, I think that was a really great show. Um, it was a really lovely format because we would get people on, largely who were game developers in the most part, and they would pick five sort of well, largely retro games, but I think really just anything, you know, any games that had, had an impact on them over the years. We did have one guest who I think wanted originally wanted to choose like Madden 96, Madden 97, Madden 98, <laughs> Madden 99. And I think once once he tweaked to what the, the um, format of the show was, he was like, oh, no, you probably want five different games to talk about, don't you? Yeah. You know, so we would talk about the games and we would talk about why those games were great and then we would talk to the person that we were interviewing about the project they were working on, the game they were developing, that sort of thing. And again, I, you know, I think, and I think it was a really great format. And, and really, you know, Remote Outpost Games and Chaos Champs both fell apart for the same reason, which is actually that just getting guests consistently mm. week in, week out mm. is actually, mm. you know, an incredibly hard job. And you, you sort of respect how, you know, the TV shows and stuff, they must, you know, they have researchers and things working on these shows whose job it is just to go and find people to come and, yeah. you know, be on the show that week. So I think it's a shame. I think, you know, I think those are those are great formats that we tried that, you know, we weren't able to continue. But but that's the thing. You can just, you know, it, I think that's what's great about audio. You can just try this stuff. I think as well with, with Chaos Reborn, if it had exploded, like we kind of hoped it would. I mean, obviously it sold a lot. Mm. You know, and it made uh, Julian. You know, he made made his money back on it, at least. Uh, but I, you know, it's not like <clears throat> if it had gone mainstream mm. in a big way, then they'd have been called for more content like Chaos Champs. Yeah, no, they licensed it to um, to social media, so it it, became, it basically got redeveloped as a as a mobile platform game. Um, oh, and I, I, being the the law person behind it, uh, you know, I did offer to. Uh, if they needed anything, and they said, no, no, we're fine. So, so that was all right. So clearly the information that they already had from me was enough. So, so that I did was okay. buy that as a mobile game. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a good port. But yeah, it, it, wasn't the, it wasn't Snapshot that ported it. It was a subsidiary that ported mm. it, yeah. which, uh, which was interesting. Um, uh, in that, in the, you know, there were conversations at Snapshot about porting it themselves, and, uh, and then obviously it was sort of set through in terms of what was there. But um, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, we have, we've tried sort of different stuff. I mean, um, you know, Data Slate was something I, I did for a while, which has, has worked well, but I just, I'll be honest. And I think part of today's stuff, you know, for, for this, this particular session is about which, what we're going to move on to is um, where, we, where we are now. And then we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about um, uh, where we where we are in terms of our relationship with with Elite Dangerous, but um, for me, a lot of the thing was time. You know, uh, the issue has has been time, and uh, as your life gets more busy and more and different things happen, time becomes a, a factor. Um, and I know, John, that your 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 day job, your busyness, essentially, has, has changed quite a lot mm-hmm. um, since uh, since we were regularly doing a live radio podcast. I've still managed to do some projects, though. So yeah, I'll talk about them after. Okay, all right. So finished reminiscing of the. You know, okay, you want to carry on? You know. Oh, do, do I want to go back into another piece of nostalgia? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, I, can, sure. I can do more nostalgia. This, this, um, is, this is a convention based around elite. 
nostalgia is what we have. It is this the is, fuel. This is it's true. The fuel that fires this, the engine. This is true. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, um, Retrolave was great. You know, we need to do more. I mean, I think of all the, the actually all the offshoots that we did, Retrolave was probably the most popular. Um, yeah, probably because yeah, and just because it it was just fun to get five or six people around to uh, play a computer game and for some of them to rage quit. Yeah. Yes, Simon, <laughs> I'm talking about you. Well, he's not here, but I'm sure he'll hear at some point. Um, yeah, I, I, what did he rage quit? He rage quit Privateer, I think, wasn't it? Was it Privateer? Oh, really? was it? Okay. Yeah, I can't remember what it was, but anyway, he, you know, he rage quit one of the things that we played, but we did, we tried every, every um, space sim um, that we could, uh, uh, you know, that we could, we could try. And, um, and then sort of gave our impressions in terms of what was there. And yeah, I, I, you know, I really enjoyed Retrolave. I thought Retrolave worked, mm. uh, worked very well. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, there's, it, it's about time, you know, in terms of what you do. Uh, and I think that, you know, sort of life changes in that regard. So yeah, there you go. There's my segue, John. Oh, okay. So what are we all up to now? What, uh, what, given that we've not seen each other for, for what, three years in these kind of contexts, I know we've, we've seen each other individually at different times, and we can probably talk a little bit about that. John and I had a wonderful night out uh, last year, which was, uh, which was amazing. Um, what are we up to now? What, are, what are sort of things have, um, have we been doing since, you know, since stuff and also since the pandemic, how has, how has things changed and how are things coming back? Uh, well, you know, I'll go first. Um, the pandemic, um, I was a very busy person because I worked for NHS Wales as a software developer. So uh, there was a lot of stuff that needed to be put in place to handle all that. So I was doing some extra stuff. Um, but in the kind of towards the end of it, I did have a bit more free time. And last year, just before the last virtual LaveCon, I released a game called Spin Jewel, yeah. uh, which a lot of people got addicted to. Apparently, there's now self help groups, Spin Jewel <laughs> Anonymous. Spin Jewel um, so, Not So Anonymous. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's basically a card, oh, sorry, a deck building game with a kind of bit of magic dueling if you haven't played it uh, it's available for free download on PC just go to spinduel.online uh, very simple game very easy to get into uh, but yeah people did have a tendency to get hooked uh, so there was an ethical kind of side to that as well of whether I should and that's that's actually one of the things that probably will I, I mean I'm hoping you're going to feature that a little bit tomorrow because you're doing your talk tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, please come to my talk tomorrow. It's a talk on multiplayer gaming, uh, multiplayer game development specifically. Uh, so Spin Jewel is a single player game. So, I mean, I do mention it in a kind of passing way. My current project is multiplayer, uh, and that is a recreation of, if people remember Gravity Force and Gravity Power, the Amiga, how would you describe it? A kind of scrolling, physics-based game, okay. uh, spaceship. Uh, but I've done that in 3D. Oh, cool. uh, and the trick of that was to actually make it fun to play with a 3D camera and not a pain in the neck. Uh, and I think I've solved it. 
there's no public build to test yet, but if anybody's interested in giving it a go, uh, I can sort that out for you. There you go. So that's what I've been up to. Do you need any music? Any music? Uh, I might you, do you can always hit me up for music yeah you know yeah that. well I, I, I actually got some music made for oh. me for, for Spindule sorry I didn't come to you oh. um, <laughs> uh, but yeah if you think you can do space themed stuff I, I don't know if you've got any experience with that yeah. then you know you might be the guy for me okay alright good to know I'll um, I'll see see if I can Chris um yeah, so what, when, since, what, since the last AveCon where we were all physically here? Or? Yeah, and I, I was thinking a little bit that you might want to kind of segue this, as John has done, into some of the things you're going to talk about tomorrow. Oh, God, I've got no idea about that. Well, no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, so tomorrow I've, I've got... Um, I'm hosting a panel based on what the hell just happened uh, about the pandemic. I think that, you know, one of the things is, is uh, as gamers what has the way the world has changed affected the way we play, who we play with, you know, our general approach to gaming as a kind of escape from, you know, what's happening in the world around us. Um, and actually, you know, probably, I guess, looking back, probably around, around the time of previous Lavecons, I'd just started doing board game demonstration as a, as a sort of part-time, I mean, a very, very part-time job. Um, so one of the things I do occasionally, if you go, you know, if you go to a big gaming event like UK Games Expo or Tabletop Gaming Live, there is a very good chance that I will teach you a board game while you're there. So I've been doing a lot of that, and that's been really interesting. Um, it's been really nice to kind of get people down to tables and, you know, kind of demystify these things. I, I now have this instinctive thing where if I see people sitting down with a board game and they start to open a manual my instinctive kind of reaction is to run over and say to them, oh God, please don't read the manual, let me explain it to you. Um, but in terms of the audio stuff, I mean, uh, you know, obviously we'd done Series 3 of Escape Velocity and, you know, leading up to the pandemic, I was sort of building on audio drama, different audio drama projects. There were a couple of other projects that would, you know, occasionally come to me and use my studio space and I would do the post-production for them. Uh, that's the the eleventh hour, uh, what's called the eleventh hour project, which is it's kind of like NaNoWriMo, where you're we basically produce a, a Halloween special. The whole thing is done within the month of October, uh, which is always a challenge on me as a sound person because normally you end up nobody's actually free for recording until the week before the end of the deadline. But anyway, um, so we did a bit of that, and that was really good. Um, and then obviously, you know, it was working up towards the, the, the final season of Escape Velocity. And, um, or what, you know, what was then pitched as the final season of Escape Velocity. And then, yeah, obviously, you know, we had the, we had the pandemic, and suddenly getting actors into a small, unventilated, soundproof space suddenly didn't seem like a very good idea. So, you know, really what I've been doing since then is basically recording standard audio well not standard audio books because it's me and I still do sound effects and music and stuff but you know I, I essentially got into a place where I'm now recording audio books myself and then doing post-production on my own recordings so it's very much it's very social distanced it's me just me just just me um, so yeah um, I've been doing you know I've done a few of those now for a publisher um, of some very niche fiction so if you like if you'd like to hear lots of different variations on specifically Pride and Prejudice, 
uh, I have recorded and, and released a, a bunch of those uh, on Audible. So um, they are quite good. I should warn you, though, that one of them is quite sexy. So it really does depend on how much you want me narrating sexy. I mean, I think it's great, and I've had lots of nice compliments about it, but... Any dates, <laughs> though? That's the important. Your, I, I have actually had a few dates off the back of a, an extract from it. Um, yeah, seriously. Um, uh, but yeah, your guys, you, you know, you guys, your, your aims with my voice might not be the same as their aims with my voice. Or at least I hope so. Well, you know, you never know. Um, <laughs> you never know what anybody's aims are until they, they tell so the, you. So I had a girlfriend at the time. She absolutely loved it. Okay. And then she told me that her mum listens to it <laughs> in the bath. <laughs> got weird. Did get weird. I, I'm not sure I can top that. Um, well, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Um, well, you know, in a kind of cringe cool kind of way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, oh, what hasn't happened with me? Goodness. Um, the the pandemic period was 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 a bit strange in that um, I mean I think it was strange for everybody but um, I I got into the the lockdown we 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 finished at Coventry in March of two thousand and twenty um, you know that was our our sort of lockdown where you know was you know the UK lockdown and everything else so I I was kind of mid the last week of term and we had to we were trying to do live um, live interview uh, we were trying to interview people in a studio and actually Chris yeah. came in for one of yeah, those yeah. and um, so we were trying to do those and um, uh, which was really hard you know because obviously uh, the students didn't really want to be there because they're worried about uh, you know everything oh, yeah, else because that, that was the Monday and the lockdown yeah. was announced on like the Tuesday yeah it was it was, it was like uh, go was home really, we finished the recording and it was like yeah. go home go home now yeah it was really difficult so we, we just about got through that and that was that was okay at that point um, one of my colleagues at work and you know I, I mean this is all a matter of public record one of my colleagues at work um, went on maternity leave and the uh, the university said, "Oh, could you run her course in the interim?" Which I thought over the summer that's that's fine, you know, not a problem because most of the students have gone home and we're you know we're in the middle of a um, a circumstance of where we just need to finish off. And there was some summer teaching, and that's fine. I was already scheduled to do that, so that's okay. So could you be in charge? Yeah, fine. Okay, so I could do that. So I did that for um, for the summer, and in that moment, I was then due to go and take on a different course, which was uh, a top up degree, which I now now run. That's the the course that I now do. So I ended up in charge of two courses, which was fine for the summer because it was quiet, so I could just get the teaching done, and I had to quickly do all the teaching as remote teaching, and you know, and sort that all out. And that's that was okay, and there was nothing on the new course to teach for that period of time. So during that period, I'm writing. Um, some people may know that I was working on a, um, uh, a science fiction novel called Fearless uh, at that point, and uh, I was just tweaking. It was actually was being submitted around at that point, and we did Worldcon, uh, the World Science Fiction Convention in um, Dublin, and we'd agreed. Uh, this was in. Um, was it summer two? No, this was summer 2019. So this was, you know, the contract was agreed, and I'd I'd started working on the sequel. So um, 
you know, all the kind of edit passing was coming backwards and forwards during, during the summer of 2020, and I was getting that all ready. And we knew we had a publishing date in September. Originally July, pushed back to September. But of course, publishing in the pandemic was a little bit more difficult because infrastructures, print, paper was quite, you know, tricky to, you know, all of the kind of supply infrastructures was starting to become a bit difficult. But, you know, to, to my publisher's credit, they were being absolutely fantastic. And so I ran this course during the summer. I had my book published in September in 2020. Went incredibly well in terms of, uh, of its launch. Um, we were really, really happy. Um, and obviously everyone was in lockdown, which was, was kind of, well, well, a lot of people were reading, which, you know, I, I take as a reason as to why they were reading me. Um, so uh, that all happened. And then, um, unfortunately... The course that I was running as maternity cover, uh, I'd said I would do it for the summer, and that summer turned into until the end of the year. So I then had to do the winter term running their course whilst also running the course that I was actually teaching on, which was a split course between one cohort in Coventry and one cohort in China. So I, well, rather Hong Kong, not China, Hong Kong. I had to to manage those two cohorts and manage the course that was uh, was in Coventry. And it was hard, you know, um, particularly with the fact that we were trying to do um, hybrid teaching. We were trying to have class teaching wherever we possibly could. Um, classes were being split into bubbles. So we had, you know, um, groups in, in, you know, that you would then have to repeat teach in small numbers, which meant more tutors, which meant uh, doing more... Um, online and then doing it because you had to have parity of experience and, and everything else. So it was, it was really tough because actually I had to do that for the stuff that I was employed for, but I also had to do it for somebody else's stuff because they were on maternity leave. Um, so yeah, it was hard. Uh, and I was writing the sequel to Fearless and I managed to get that sequel to about 5,000 words from being complete and then I just jammed because I just had too much on. And it took a while, it took about two months to do those last 5,000 words. Got them done about Christmas that year. So 2020 Christmas, I managed to just about get there. And then Larian Studios came in and said, would you like to be a contract writer on Baldur's Gate 3? Uh, and we'd like to give you a few weeks of work doing that. Would you be interested? And I went, yes, I'd love to do that because I'll do that over Christmas. So yeah, so I, I did a few weeks on that, which um, was lovely, but goodness, I was still, you know, sort of working at this incredible pace. Um, and yeah, and things have gradually eased. I mean, that was hard, you know, but things have gradually eased. And we've had some, some lovely stuff, you know, Fearless has done well, Resilient um, came out uh, at EasterCon, and we're going to have a launch in a minute uh, here. Um, so yes, I've brought a few copies. So if anybody wants to pick one up, you can come and come down to the panel room and do that. Um, and Flame Tree then commissioned me to do six more pieces and uh, and some other stuff. So yeah, I've suddenly got really busy. Um, 2019, I became chair of the British Science Fiction Association too, uh, and now I've got like all these little novellas that I'm working on. Plus, I've got this non-fiction dictionary I'm working on. Uh, I was part of a novel that won an award at Easter. 
uh, or rather a non-fiction book that won an award at Easter Worlds Apart. I did a chapter in that. It's about world building in science fiction and fantasy, um, you know, which is kind of my jam, which is why I did the work that I did on Elite Dangerous back all those years ago. Yeah, it's been pretty full on. And that's not even coming up to the, the recent news, which, you know, I'm about to, to go on a secondment, which, um, you know, is like amazing. I'm, I'm off on a research secondment to, to work with uh, another organization. So, yeah, um, it's been very, very weird. But it means that time for doing a lovely podcast that I always used to really enjoy is kind of evaporated, which is a bit of a shame. I was going to say, I mean, we've, we've, we've only got eight minutes left to talk. <laughs> so I, I no, used no, it no, seven minutes. No, I was going to say, we've got seven minutes left to talk about what our, what our current kind of playing relationship with, with mm. uh, Elite Dangerous is. I have to say, I, I, will not be, I will not be troubling much of that seven minutes <laughs> myself. It is, you know, it's not a game that I have played recently. Um, I'm always kind of minded when I come to LaveCon, I always sort of get that excitement about the game again. I think I really should just go home and install it. Um, but it has been, you know, with with things happening over the years, I've actually actually realised after the last mm. releases or updates, I'm not sure what I've even got, because I definitely had all the previous stuff with Elite, and definitely back to the Kickstarter, and now I don't know. I'll be interested to sign in to my account and click install and see what actually ends up on my computer. John, did you want to? Um, well, I, I've actually played it relatively recently, cool. a couple of months ago. I logged in. I'm still not really playing it as Horizons. I'm still playing it as in a spaceship. Yeah. Because um, when I, I did try Horizons when it first came out, and it, I think it was kind of you mean Odyssey, right? Odyssey, sorry. So I'm playing yeah. it as Horizons, yeah, not yeah. as Odyssey. Yeah. Um, I, oh, I, see, I thought you meant you weren't even landing on planets. I'm like, that's the hardcore elite experience. <laughs> well, part of me wanted to not land on planets as, as a, a way to um, get back at David Braber for not giving me dinosaurs and trees yet. He, you know, to be fair, we were all at BAFTA Games when he promised us dinosaurs yeah. and trees. You know, yeah. We did interview him at BAFTA where he did promise dinosaurs and but trees. It's kind of hard to boycott landing on planets. So I was I, like... I, I, do you know what I will say about that, though? Because I have been... <laughs> I have been playing a little bit of No Man's Sky. Do do forgive me, um, but it's funny because we were saying about like because David Braden mm. at that 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 thing said about how oh, there'll be dinosaurs and maybe you'll go big game hunting. So now I don't know if you've played No Man's Sky, but in that you get missions to just go and kill random creatures, and I have to say it just makes me sad, and I don't take those missions, so I don't think we're necessarily missing, losing anything. No, maybe no, morals of shoot the dinosaurs. I just wanted to see them. Oh no, shoot. Take a, take a photograph, you know, that's, that's shooting. Well, I did notice that bounty hunting has had a, it's been boosted. Yeah. Yeah, you can make a lot of money doing it. So I did enjoy that for the brief spell. Uh, I will be giving Odyssey another shout. Okay. Soon. So I, I mean, I said before that um, I, I tend to play games these days when there's a project. So with Baldur's Gate, Immediately, I was all over Baldur's Gate because I was having to write for Baldur's Gate. So immediately, I was I was going to do lots of Baldur's Gate. Um, I recently, and this this took up a lot of my time. Um, recently interviewed for a, a position at Games Workshop, and it was um, 
<laughs> I, I spent an awful lot of time uh, kind of reacquiring all my knowledge and and updating myself in relation to, to what they were up to and didn't get it. So, uh, you know, so that was something that um, you kind of feel like uh, maybe I, I, I wasted a bit of time there. But I, I certainly, I look at what this game is and I, I recognize that, you know, sometimes there is a little bit of criticism in relation to, to what, you know, what's been made, what isn't there. And, you know, we've, we've kind of been lazy critical just for a minute there. But goodness, if we looked at this now and we thought back to 2013 and we thought back to, you know, the people that we were hoping that this game would come out and we were given this, I think we'd think it was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it doesn't do everything that we, we said, but, you know, Moon on a Stick isn't quite, you know, all there. But back I in the think day, we didn't really have them planets. Back in the day, we had... <laughs> We had a spaceship, and we had a bunch of rocks that it was flying through. Yeah, and that was all we were given. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and when you look at you know all of all of the things that are there, I think they are pretty funky. I mean, I my last serious play was getting my um, my uh, my land vehicle stuck in a box, <laughs> and then going on a live radio episode and letting people help me get it out of that box because yeah. I got it stuck in one of the um, one of the parking things and I could not reverse it out of this this box which I, is just I'm, nuts I'm quite sad to know that I think my longest I think I originally set the record for the longest ever buckyball time but I think someone has taken longer now okay which I'm, which I'm a little bit sad about yeah I played it I think the last time I really played it seriously properly was just when ship-launched fighters had come out. Yeah. And I don't think I ever really fully explored that, that mechanism. But that, was, so that gives you an idea of when, you know, sort of when I last played it properly. And I, I think, you know, I, I think given the enthusiasm and the keen in, in relation to, you know, the continual um, development, the conversations today in relation to story... What was being said today in relation to narrative and story? I mean, I you know I can't help but 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 big that up, you know, because I think that that's you know wherever you start from, you know, maybe you're starting from here or you're starting from there, you know, if you're if you're bringing story as part of the the key ways in which you're going to develop your computer game, then I think that's more power to that, you know, mm. that is always I think the best way to to try and develop um, something. The graphics, you know, I'm, I'm going to say the graphics don't matter as much. Um, I, yeah, if the story's there. I've, I've noticed a thing, though, in the kind of gaming community more recently when I talk to people about, you know, the games that they play and the games that they love, there is a definite thing that a lot of us have learnt, which is don't, don't burn yourself out on the alpha release of a game. Because mm. quite often, by the time you actually get to, like, version 1.0 of a game, mm. you've kind of already made yourself a little bit fed up with it. Yeah, and you know, I, I mean, you know, I mentioned No Man's Sky. I mean, I played No Man's Sky when it first came out, and I thought this is fine. You know, it, it is what it, it's basically sort of a little bit like Minecraft, but then you get to fly a ship, sort of. Um, and I came back to it about two months ago, having not played it since that first release. And it's a, you know, it's a completely different game. And I think that would be the same thing about yeah. Elite. I mean, I remember I'd put in. Three or four hundred hours, I think, on Elite before it even hit, before it was even released. Mm. And I think it's, I think there is a danger with the way that certainly with the way Steam works and the way modern game development works, there is a tendency for people to want to put the game in front of 
people as quickly as they can, and that's great. But I think there is there can be a tendency to just really fill your your love for that game just from the alpha version. And actually, you you miss out on all the amazing polish that you get when the game actually hits kind of 1.0 and beyond. And I think I, that's... I, I hear that back from a lot of different people now. I knew you were going to do this. We can see the clock. <laughs> and I knew that was going to be a really, really intelligent and salient point. Yeah. And you were going to and say And that is how right I would like you to remember me. Yeah, yeah, why not you open with that? <laughs> okay, so I think we're, we're pretty much out of time, guys. Um, but... Uh, we, you've both got talks to do tomorrow, which yes. hopefully people can can come go across to, and see. Come to my um, talk. And as Chris is, uh, you know, obviously knows. Talk or a panel? Uh, well, talk your panels. It's up to you. You you've got the room. You structure it how you want it. Um, and as Chris is, um, you know, as obviously as as is obviously very aware, I've now got to go straight to a launch. So uh, uh, hopefully some of you will join me. Um, you know, it's up to you if you want to. But um, uh, thank you very much for your time, and hopefully we as veterans can occasionally come back and offer some, some more insightful observations of Elite Dangerous when we've had a little bit of a chance to play them. And I will go and loiter in the board games room. Board games, board games. Come and play board games with me. Come and find a board game. Come play board games. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Two seconds, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs>